When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, well, well. What a morning. This Tuesday, April 11th, we are recording a special intro to part two of our interview with Courtney Grow, our sister, because we need to, we desperately needed to hop on and really discuss, break down the breakdown of Joe and Taylor. I, I want to first ask you, Lauren, where were you when you saw the news? It's a great question. I was with my friends at dinner and someone brought it up. So someone had seen it come across their feed. And it I mean, I I was not shocked ultimately. I was shocked that it had happened, but this breakup did not surprise me. And in fact, I did predict that this relationship right. would not last on this podcast years ago. You called it. Um I, did. I want to give you full credit for calling it. Um we should dig up that footage that you can, you know bask in your accurate prediction. Um, I'm sorry that you were in public. Um, thank goodness. I was, um, you know, I was with Ben and his family and I was able to, you know, steal away for a few moments to just process and digest. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I can overstate how earth shattering this was for me. This felt like a nuclear bomb had gone off. For me, mm, emotionally, really? it's I your mean, own personal I, Hiroshima. Correct. I did not see this coming at all. In fact, you know, when I saw her on tour, I felt like I had had so much closure with her previous relationships. And I mm. just, I, you know, I felt like this was it. And I'd always felt mm-hmm. like this was it for her. And I, mm-hmm. I really like, I, I did ride for Taylor and Joe. So, anyways, when I heard the news, you know, I. I mean, Ben basically had to then endure, you know, me for about an hour and a half talking about it nonstop. I mean, I made several phone calls to close friends to just kind of I said, no one should have to be alone right now. You know, right, right. Absolutely. Um, Just to really set the scene, I realized that you were more primed for this because you were expecting it. But, you know, I was completely caught off guard and blindsided. Yeah, so news broke over Easter weekend that they broke up. um, And a lot of people are saying that. You know, she's not happy that this was that this news broke, that this was leaked by his team. I'm going to say that this was fully leaked by her team. Absolutely. There's no way I feel, too. Well, first of all, it was leaked on a weekend when she just happened to not have any shows. Mm -hmm. So she didn't have to go out and perform live in front of people. The timing gives it 
the timing allows this entire story to settle before she performs again. And then there's paparazzi photos of her filming a music video. And then there are paparazzi photos of her out in New York last night. So clearly there's a strategy here, which is to bury the news a little bit with more Taylor news Mm -hmm. um, to get ahead of this a little bit. Once again, um, to distract a little bit. This is a woman who does not who this is a woman who is not seen unless she wants to be seen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there are so few candid photos of her at all anymore. Um, And so I think this was all strategic. And I think that the question really we have to consider is why, why this relationship broke down Mm -hmm. and why we are getting a single Taylor in her 30s era. I think, too, you know, what I've been grappling with, and I, I posted about this on Instagram, like I I can't really understand what this means cosmically and why this news was dropped in the middle of her tour. You know, Mm -hmm. in my head, I kind of thought this maybe if if they were trying to be so strategic with it and if they broke up a long time ago, they would have dropped it after, Mm -hmm. you know, after the tour, let the tour go, let her sing Invisible String and let us all enjoy that song. Right. You know, in peace, no pun intended, another great song she wrote. And so I think that I I don't totally understand the timing of her team leaking this news. Well, I do believe that it was her team. I do not think that Joe's team leaked it, although I do have a theory from a a fan that I might share later on about that. Okay. Well, so one thing is, is her last concert in the place of Invisible String, Mm -hmm. she sang The One. Right. So that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that ultimately he hasn't been on any of her concerts. This was just something that they weren't going to be able to keep under wraps. And so they had to, you know, and Taylor's a a very expressive person. I I can't not, I can't imagine that the set list isn't going to change because of this. I can't imagine that she isn't going to, you know, lay some Easter eggs that this entire Mm -hmm. era's tour might take on a more cathartic note for her. There might be more breakup songs. And one thing actually people have hypothesized is that Bejeweled is actually a breakup song about her Mm. and Joe, which is actually like gives me the chills because the lyrics of Bejeweled are all about how, you know, a diamond's got to shine, a girl's got to shine. She can still make the whole place shimmer. You know, she still has this star power and and being with someone who potentially isn't as comfortable with that. Yeah. And I think that I think that a lot of people think, and I do believe this is correct, they got together when she was really maligned by the general public. They got mm-hmm, together in mm-hmm. her reputation era, right? Right. Um, they were together in a getaway car. And really, Taylor... I think that one threw, was about Tom Hiddleston, to be honest with you. Was it? Just, just to uh, fact check you, yeah. But But yes... I mean, she, you know, delicate, all of her, call it what you want. All these other songs are about them getting together when, you know, she was really being hated by a lot of people in the media. I mean, I I was not a fan of her at this time. Right, exactly. Um, And I think that she spent a lot of time, especially through COVID, you know, being with Joe, 
mm-hmm. being on movie sets with him, supporting right. him, being more low key, right? Right. And it's just been in the past couple years because they've been together for six years. So six the first years. three years of her, their relationship, she's really kind of hidden away in her career. You know, it, it could have seemed like 1989 was going to be the peak of her career. And then in the past two and a half, three years, she has released Evermore folklore and then midnight's the top right. album of her entire career she has she has peaked to two new levels completely and i, I, I think, just got the chills when you said that i think that this was not necessarily something that joe was signing up for i don't believe that joe was signing up to be with a mega pop star at the height of her career i think that he thought he was signing up for you know maybe potentially a taylor swift who would follow in the way of a blake lively who has taken Mm. a more quiet domestic role in her 30s right but no that's not what taylor wants taylor has never publicly talked about any interest in being a mom in having a quiet domestic life this is an ambitious career driven incredibly prolific one of the greatest artists of our time and i just think absolutely i do think though she has i mean she talks about in peace give you my wild give you a child she does she has talked about she has you know motherhood at some points i mean not very often but and i I think she's both i think she's i think she is this mega star who has more to do you know in the cultural zeitgeist is not done and i i thought she was done like i talked to courtney after the concert and we were just saying you know i think she's going to be done for the next 10 years i think this is her going out on a high and maybe she's going to you know settle down and just you know live a more quiet private life and have a family perhaps you know in the next 10 years that's all gone out the window See, and I just, I never, I heard you guys saying that and I just did not believe that ultimately because I just, and I hate to say this because I don't think that this is necessarily the most um, pleasing thing to hear. It was probably great on the ears of our listeners, but um, sometimes truth is a bitter pill. And I do believe, I do believe that honestly, being a mega pop star, like Michael Jackson level, like mm-hmm. the top tier elite of superstar creating right. art that people just completely gulp down and are obsessed with. I think being at the top of your game, I really don't believe any sort of blissful, quiet domestic life can compete with the intense rush of being a superstar at the height of her game and right, career. Right. And I, I just mean, don't think that yeah. was ever going to pull her away. Right. She's so fascinating because I feel like she just occupies so many different versions of herself. She's mm. and I just don't know which Taylor is real or and maybe they're all real. Maybe she is just like, you know, really multifaceted and is this person who does want this quieter life at times, but then also feels, you know, like compelled to be an artist and to always be like doing her art and living in that fullest way possible. And and I think she's obviously saying and and written songs about grappling with just this lifelong journey of now being so big and not really knowing if she could ever like, I guess I feel like with peace and things like that, like those types of songs, they're kind of about like how she knows that her life is never going to be normal. But even though she Mm -hmm. might want that at times, one thing I think that's interesting, a friend brought this up this morning. I mean, I, I want you to know that up across all my group texts, like, I, I post about this, but truly 65% of my thoughts for the past four days have been about Taylor Swift. I mean, she was already on the top of my brain after going to see her in Vegas, but mm-hmm. she is just, I mean, 
I, I'm getting through doing my job, but it is all I want to do is think about Taylor Swift and try to unravel this mystery. Um, right. So a theory that came up with some friends, um, basically, you know, it's kind of come out that they've had some Taylor and Joe have had some rougher patches and they've even separated at times, but then always found them their, their way back to each other. Mm-hmm. And so a theory from my friend was, you know, the song Tolerate It is mm. potentially about them, you know, a, a rougher patch. And, mm. you know, also there's that line that says begging for, I made you my temple, my mural, my sky. Now I'm begging for footnotes in the story of your life. It's actually kind of a, a nod to the fact that Joe didn't really ever want to talk about her publicly. And maybe that this whole entire, mm. you know, perspective of they are so private, their love is so real is actually wasn't coming from Taylor, that it was maybe coming from Joe. And maybe mm-hmm. during the entire relationship, he didn't want to, he didn't want her to, to be the only story that, you know, that people wanted to talk to him about, which like I can understand. But then I think also on the flip side, like she's talked publicly about all of her relationships. We know exactly who she's dated and the songs that are about them. And it's, so it was such a, a sharp left for her to just all of a sudden become so private about Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe that wasn't, she wasn't the driving force in that. And I think that's an interesting thing to think about. Well, I think that, and this is just the truth, you guys. So I'm just going to say it. I'm ready. Joe's a complete nobody compared right, to Taylor Swift. Right. What the fuck has yogurt Joe shop. Allen ever done? You know what I mean? I like, I know. Honestly, this is not, no, a, I know. this is not Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. This is it, not Daniel Day Lewis. It's not even about like net worth, which it kind right. of is though. And we'll get to that. <laughs> but it's also about just achievement period. Right. We're talking right. about one of the world's greatest artists. And mm-hmm. honestly, a C-lister. And no, I think and, that yes. it's potentially the case that his intention or his desire to be more private and his desire to, you know, potentially not have the narrative around him always about Taylor Swift was an ego-driven desire to not yeah, have his yeah. entire identity wrapped up in who right. he's dating. Right, right. And and for that to be the only conversation, I mean, he wants to be taken seriously as an artist. We saw how that ended with conversations with friends. I mean... It was a little bit painful. He's he did not do a great job in that. He is a C lister. You're I think you're exactly right. Also, for what it's worth, Lauren, I love when you say, you know, this is what I think. And then you go, and this is just the truth. Okay. This is just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. Just like, this is what I think, but this is also the hard line facts. Okay. You, this is just the truth. Um, this is just my opinion. It also happens to be an objective fact. Right. It's just an object. It's simply an objective fact. Uh, yeah, I think, well, okay, I think that's this is- very true and real. And it's interesting because let me also say hottest take ever. I don't think Joe Alwyn is crazy hot. I think that he's definitely a cute guy. Cute I could guy see for sure. the appeal, but he is... He is the hot guy that actually isn't on her level professionally. Mm-hmm. And I think okay, that sure. Taylor Swift, I think that Taylor Swift needs to be with someone who let me and I'm just gonna say it, everyone. I think she just needs the to truth. be with someone. I'm just gonna tell the truth right now. <laughs> I think she needs to be with someone where they're not always flying on her plane, where mm-hmm. the vacation mm-hmm. isn't always on her card. Right. I just think that I mean, his, uh, and this is like literally such brass tacks and I sound like such a bitch, but I looked up his net worth is $4 million. I mean, her net worth is half a billion dollars. The disparity there, the disparity. it's just going to grade. It's going to grade on, it's going to grade on her. It's going to grade on him. You the know? wealth and equity in that relationship alone is an issue. I'm sorry, it's a social but issue. I, 
I just think that it's human nature for men to wish to be admired and esteemed and women to wish to be with someone who they admire and esteem. And honestly, uh, you know, come at me for stating basic facts of biology, but I just think that that was a recipe for disaster. Right. Um, and and I also, yes, in a perfect fantasy world, he could have checked his ego at the door and he could have mm-hmm. just been her great supporter. Absolutely. Right. But it's very clear that he wasn't, that he right. didn't want her to shine as much as she mm-hmm. can, like the brilliant diamond that she is, right? right. And he wasn't totally comfortable, Chandler, with the fact that she could still make the whole place shimmer, okay? Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. wasn't reputation was not the last word on love from Taylor Swift and it was not the last sonic gift she would give the human race, okay? No, absolutely not. I think that those all those issues really caused a lot of problems for them and I yeah. think she needs to be with someone who is more on her level. I just do believe that. I just it's just like who is that person? I think she needs to be with a Jeff Bezos. I think she oh needs gosh. to be with a. I'm no, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't think a Jeff Bezos. You're like That's Elon Musk. Joke. I could see an Elon dalliance. Oh my gosh, for sure. <laughs> um, I think no. I I could see her being with someone who is an incredible actor, right? Who's like yeah. a true talent. You know, a, a, your fantasy you know, would be Daniel Day Lewis, right? For her. In, in the prime of his life, yes, 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that would be my fantasy. Um, two great artists. But she needs to be with greatness that matches her greatness. I, I hear, I hear that you. That was not Joe yeah. Allen, you know? I mean, who knows? Maybe his acting career could have taken off. And maybe, also, you know, maybe that that could still happen. But at least at, at this time, yeah, the $4 million. Can we- Yikes. Can we also just talk about how hilarious it is that you guys went to this concert and like she just she just blows it out of the water, right? She performs for three and a half hours straight. She does not take a single breath or break, but sings her heart out for you guys. And the takeaway is like, that was it. Now she's ready to just chase a toddler around. This girl, that is, first of all, like no one would ever say that about a guy if he was at the height well, of his career. I don't I think, think he's ready I to retire. I, I don't think that it was about like, oh, she's like ready to retire. I just think it it was it wasn't like she just did the Midnight's tour. She did a like an era's tour. It was like right, right, right. it was literally a finale type of show. Mm, and so for mm-hmm. me, I was like, okay, then this is a signal that she's taking a pause. And I'm like, honestly, she's wrote songs about like having a family and getting married and so like those felt like natural things that were going to happen i don't think there's anything wrong lauren with wanting those things to happen you know and she could still write amazing music and have those things she could have those things but that doesn't mean she has to like retire and no she i I wasn't saying she was going to retire forever it was just like maybe Mm. because she just had this finale type show okay okay, you know you know i'm just saying it's kind of interesting that's it's very interesting when you call me an anti-feminist when we all know who the real anti-feminist in this podcast is and it's, it's definitely you. not me mm, mm. serena joy i've never been called <laughs> serena joy i so someone came in with a different take than us and i want to discuss it quickly okay um okay. they think that his press team leaked it mm. and that the whole reason why she was spotted you know at the via Corota, uh pap walk last night um, was to just literally say, everything's fine. I'm owning the narrative. I'm good. I'm unbothered. And I guess they this person has a friend who works in the music industry. And th- she said that they broke up a while ago, but that it was being kept quiet because they didn't want it to become the whole narrative, I guess, perhaps while she was touring. Um, mm. So I'm int- curious if you have any thoughts about that. 
I mean, it w- it is definitely if it was his team, it was benevolent of them to drop this news on Easter weekend while she was not performing. Yeah. Um. So, and I think that it is potential that she decided to step out for paparazzi in New York just last night to kind of give a a moment to be like, Hey, I'm all good. I'm stepping out tonight. Another bejeweled moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everyone listen to bejeweled. It has a very different ring to it now that we know everything going on. I don't know. This could be true. This could be correct. And I will say, I do believe that this breakup is less dramatic than others. I do think Mm -hmm. that she's in a different stage of life. She's had many breakups. She's in her thirties. They were together for six years. Yeah. A lot of times a breakup after that long of a time are less right. about, oh my gosh, are less are less dramatic. They're more right. about, okay, this has just run its course and it's not, it's not correct. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I think no matter what last night's pap walk, you know, despite the outfit that oh, I terrible take issue with, oh my you gosh. know, someone also wrote what in, can we on? just get a nude lip? Can we just get one budgeon nude lip? Why does it always have to be a bright red lip? I'm just like, can we just like not? Um, anyways, just you know, despite Those the terrible outfit, I, that, pants, the little Mary Jane heels. I just like the, the way the I pants cut, like the way the pants end, and then the the heels, like it's just like it's a bad length. Um, anyways, despite all that, that the purpose of her being spotted out at literally such a hot spot for celebrities, like if, and also I saw that the paparazzi photos were taken by Backgrid. That's like you know. That's who you get to take your photo if you want it to be well lit, if you want it to be mm-hmm. like a photo that you approve of. You want to approve um, it, yep. It was all to show she's doing great. She's unbothered. And, you know, like she's not she is not holed up somewhere, you know, in some poorly decorated right. cottage upstate like mourning this. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we cut to our second part of our interview with Courtney? Let's do it. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. Pop Apologist 20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned 
cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. All right, you guys, please enjoy the second part of our interview with Courtney. And we will catch you next week. Love ya. And on Patreon on Friday. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, I think that the one thing people really wanted us to get to is feeling like yourself again, getting to a place after pregnancy where you feel your best. And so can you talk about your approach to, I guess, I hate this term, but bouncing back? Okay. I've been thinking a lot about this and obviously I just do not want to like offend anyone in any way, shape or form. I think it's such a personal journey. I think there's really, if you're a person who just needs to turn the show off now, just go ahead and do it because I'm just going to be totally honest with everything I say from here on out and try not to sugarcoat it. It's definitely a journey that makes you question if it was all worth it. I think the number one barrier for me each time I've had a baby to losing weight is sleep. Mm. I'm not sleeping through the night and getting like, I'm like an eight hours a night at least type of person. Like if I'm not getting eight hours of sleep at night, um, I all I want to put in my body are basically like Doritos and Starburst. Mm-hmm. Like I just like, <laughs> I just like want literally bread. Like the things that my body craves when I'm tired are so, so not conducive to feeling good about myself that I think you just almost need to just completely let yourself become that person during that phase when you're up all the time at night. Like, I think you might become a crazy person if you are trying to lose weight while you are being woken up twice at night. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just to me something that I've never been able to figure out or master. And so I think just let yourself be, let yourself exist, give yourself like all the space and all the grace until you get to a point where your baby is sleeping through the night. Mm. And once your baby is sleeping through the night, I think you can finally put your feet underneath yourself enough to like move on to what I think are like the four pillars of like feeling and looking your best, which are sleep, movement. For me, it's been Pilates Mm -hmm. and the other one is getting enough protein. Mm. And I think if you can just be an active person, get enough sleep, do some form of exercise and be trying to get, you know, between 75 and 100 grams of protein a day, I almost feel like it falls into place. Interesting. I think you guys have known me like through all my phases, like well enough to know, like I have never done a fad diet in my life. Never. Like I've never, like my methodology is if you cannot do it for the rest of your life, why even try? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I've done intermittent fasting. I guess maybe that's a fad diet. I could do that more for like health reasons. Like I thought that that would, um, it was like a really healthy way to live. Mm-hmm. And ultimately like I need to eat enough calories. And I know it's like maybe weird to talk about how many calories you eat or offensive or whatever. Like, I truthfully need to eat at least 2,000 calories a day. Mm-hmm. And I need to do that to have, like, energy to be with my kids. I need to do that to have energy mm-hmm. to work, to, like, have mental focus. I absolutely have to eat carbs. Like, I have to start my day with, like, some sort of bread. Like, I love a Starbucks croissant. 
I just have to have those carbs for my brain to feel like it's functioning. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to make the rest of my diet just work within those um, like non-negotiables for me. Mm. And I, when I was thinking about the advice I wanted to give people, like I think one thing I do do really well is that I just follow joy and pleasure when mm-hmm. eating. I think that I totally indulge and eat whatever I want when the, like the occasion involves joy for me. Like mm-hmm. if Wyatt and I are going out on a date and the meal is delicious, like I'm going to eat because it like brings me joy. Mm-hmm. If it's noon on a Tuesday and I'm home and I'm opening the fridge, I'm just going to make the healthiest choice possible to yeah. me because it's not bringing me any joy. It's just sustenance. And I'm mm-hmm. going to eat like, you know, like the grilled chicken. I'm going to order a salad. Like I'm just going to eat the healthiest thing available to me if the experience isn't like wrapped in pleasure and joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like if the, if the, it's like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. Like I'm I'm just going to try in those moments to just like eat the kind of the boring thing because it just I want to just want to be able to indulge when there's like joy and pleasure involved. I think one thing is you have never restricted a certain food group. You never done a fat fat diet ever, ever, ever. And so I just think that also you're not a person who ever really, I think, overdoes it. Like you never binge. You're never Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, we had dessert here. So let's stop a 7-Eleven on the way home. No sugar starts tomorrow. That was definitely a disease I had in my early 20s. That kept me probably like five pounds or 10 pounds above where I am now because I really did like have like a problem with, you know, binging at times because I was so restrictive. But I think that you have always been so balanced. And that is why on some level, it's kind of been easier for you to maintain your weight and not go through big fluctuations because you just, I don't think food has a crazy amount of power over you. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely felt in moments like it has. Like, I am I for sure am, like, a foodie. Like, the other day I had a friend who, like, said they weren't a foodie. And I was just like, what would that be like? Like, I'm, like, <laughs> reading the menu, obviously, like, before I go out to, like, any new restaurant. But I think when you restrict a certain food group or certain times you can eat or you think to yourself, like, that's a bad food that I'll never be able to eat or, like, I can't have a cheeseburger. I think you just, like, feed the beast that is, like, food cravings. And you totally yeah. turn off like yeah. all your natural like hunger and satiety cues. Mm. Yeah, that's like the one thing I was going to say as, as someone who's dined with you many a time. I feel like, yeah, you're like very in tune with, you know, when you have like enjoyed and when it's like, you know, I think we when all it's like, like diminishing return. Anyone's, totally. Exactly. Right. Right. And I, I think we've all experienced that moment where you are eating something delicious and indulgent. And then, you know, you reach a certain point where it's no longer delicious and indulgent. And it's just like, I'm going all in. I'm going to full send uh-huh. it, you know, and that's when the food has more power over you, which is just like part of being a, you know, a person. But I think that you have far fewer of those moments because you're just like more in a great rhythm of listening to hunger and like satiety cues or whatever. I Satiety feel like cues. we should link. Yeah. I really loved, and I don't listen to her podcast very much, but the Ariel Laurie podcast where with Harley Pasternak, I loved everything he had to say. And isn't he? Is he's my, amazing. He's like he my is guru. Like my prophet. Like I am obsessed. Yeah. With, and that's the thing. Like, don't take what I have to say. Like, go mm-hmm. listen to some of what he has to say about food and his relationship with food. And I loved how he was like making fun of her for like getting vegan gelato. 
He's just like, get the real thing. Like, For who cares? Sure. Like, right. Just eat the foods that like bring you the most pleasure and the most joy and just move on with your life. Like, keep your body moving and eat the real thing. Like, eat the real pasta. Like, just. Right. I love his we approach is just because I just loved what he said. I feel like he has a very uncomplicated approach yes. to eating and food. And I think that's like something that can be very helpful when it just feels like like there's just so many options and there's so many different ways that you can, you know, lose weight or like eat better. And yeah, I Harley is the best. And I love what he said too about and Morgan, I love that Morgan Stewart said this. I feel like she's like one person who like still acknowledges that like she diets, even though like the world has like made that into something that like no one can talk about. Um, she mm-hmm. said that like if you're trying to lose weight, you need to get your diet right for 30 days before you like really dive into like the toning and firming exercises. Mm. Like I think if you are trying to lose weight and you're doing a lot of exercise that makes you starving, mm-hmm. you're just making that journey a lot harder on yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And Harley Pastor Nick said that too. He's just like our bodies are meant to be doing the movement that you can do all day long. Like he's like, I much prefer my clients to like spend four hours at walking at like, you know, a two on a treadmill than like 35 minutes of like really crazy, like mm. intensive workouts. Like it's better for your body to be like moving a lot in like a more like softer way mm-hmm. than like these really hard explosive workouts that really drive up your hunger levels. Interesting. But going back to postpartum, right? Like you, if you are in a place where you have weight to lose beyond balance and beyond, you know, movement and getting protein and all of that, are you watching portions? Are you consciously trying to eat in a way to create any sort of calorie deficit or is that not a factor? I think that input versus output has become like somehow like extremely controversial to talk about. But like, I think denying like the science of just like sometimes you can put too much in your body for your physical goals. I think it's just literally science. Mm-hmm. And so like sometimes I have monitored like the input of my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it's just science to me. And I don't do it all the time. And I think I totally respect for help for some people. That's something they can't do. But you just sometimes check how much gas you're putting in your car. Like you sometimes check how much is like in your bank account. Like you just sometimes have to check in with like a realistic amount of fuel for your body. I think here's the thing. For some people, yeah, genetically having a very kind of like intuitive approach is going to be great and is going to get them where they want to be. There are a lot of people though where that's not going to happen and they're going Uh to eat salmon and quinoa and, you know, olive oil and good healthy foods and get enough protein. But because they are maintaining their calories are at a maintenance level and not creating a deficit, they're not moving the needle. And even though they're spending all this effort to do everything right, because they're not seeing changes that they want to see in their body, it can be extremely disheartening and it can be extremely difficult. And I think that one of the things that I'm comfortable saying, and I know this isn't a podcast about me, but like I'm comfortable saying like, I would rather spend short periods of time being strict about being in a calorie deficit rather than spin my wheels trying to do everything else perfectly except pay attention to the one thing that is actually going to move the needle and actually 
make me feel like there's progress and make me feel better in my clothes and better in my swimwear and make me feel like I'm getting to where I want to be. And so I think that, you know, everyone's an adult. And if you feel like that is something that is going to help you, that is okay. You know? Yeah. I guess I just don't agree with the whole thing of like, we can't talk about this because it's just the reality. And for me, at least. It's just the reality. And if a man goes on a certain diet to like make his body look a certain way, he is applauded 100%. by society. Like if a bodybuilder had gone on, and granted, it's not the ideal bodybuilder diet, but like if a man had gone on and like given the Gwyneth Paltrow diet that she gave that everyone was like so up in arms about, no one would be mad. They would just be like, wow, like what sacrifice yeah. and what diligence. And I think women look up to Gwen Paltrow in a different way. I'm not trying to say that this isn't complicated, but like, I just think you need to just move on from other people's opinion. If you know you're healthy, if you know your eating isn't disordered and counting mm-hmm. calories is helping you, like then, then go for it. I think too, one thing I was going to say is that it's such a conundrum where, you know, you're, you're, you lose if you put effort into mm-hmm. it. If you are, if you're being strict about your diet, you're, you're obsessive. Absolutely. But the only way you can win is by, you know, effortlessly not caring mm-hmm. about food and, and also indulging, like being the model who eats a cheeseburger after a runway show. Um, and I just think it's, it's a really complicated dilemma for women, totally. you know, to try to figure out how to lose weight, but also like appease the part of society that tells them you just need to like love yourself no matter what, but then also, you know, wanting their clothes to fit well. And that's something that like I've always struggled with is like kind of being of two minds with it. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a complicated problem, but I think like at the end of the day, I mean, if you literally look at, you know, Ozempic and these things that are, you know, out on the market right now, like if you want to lose weight, it does come down to, you know, uh, managing your diet. And that is just like science, like you said. And, you know, I just think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to manage your diet, especially if you're trying to do it, you know, so that you can just like be in a better place Mm -hmm. mentally. You know, and like, and I do think like you said, Lauren, if it means that you need to, you know, be more strict about things for a shorter period of time, like that is okay to do. And I I do think we're, we're living in a time where you're just expected to be effortlessly obsessed with your body mm-hmm. at every stage and weight. And like, I don't think that's everyone's reality. Um, And one thing about Morgan Stewart, sorry, no, last thing. I love that she, she like said when she was, you know, she got she had her first baby and then literally she got pregnant like a year later. Like it was crazy. She literally posted about how, you know, she was trying to like lose weight after like having two kids back to back. And she said like, you know, and I think she posted a picture of like a piece of salmon and some arugula. And she was like, you know, this is what it's going to be. And like, I think for some people they're, you know, they might look at that yeah, and oh, she has an eating toxic disorder or whatever. Right. But I just am like, okay, no, this is like someone who's honest about the fact that they are trying to manage their yeah. diet. And I think the worst part of celebrity culture is when it's, you know, I just lost this weight naturally just by like intuitive eating or whatever. Or I or Taylor Swift, I work out all the time. She's actually has a huge eating disorder. Right. She, you know it's, what I mean? Like that's what she said. Well, and it, Yeah, exactly. Not her now, but like what Not she Not her now, but when she was in yeah. her early 20s right, right, right. and had an eating disorder and she was real thin, you know. Yeah. Right. I think what we're seeing... Sorry if I can just continue on this tangent. No, I love it. 20 more seconds. I think what we're seeing right now is just with Ozempic and all these things is people just want honesty. People just want to know if you if you are actively trying to, you know, lose weight and if you are taking a drug that helps you, you know, manage your appetite that maybe, you know, maybe your appetite has led to some disordered eating, like people just want to know and it's just 
here's, you know, word of the century. Don't gaslight everyone by saying, you know, I just, I just worked out. I just decided to train yeah. really hard. And then I dropped 25 pounds. It's just like, people aren't stupid. And so just be honest, be honest about the fact that you're eating, you know, salmon and arugula for dinner totally. every night to try to like lose some weight. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. clean, simple eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Um, do you guys know, obviously, good friends of the pod? Sarah, my sister, made me buy it, and Missy. Yes. Um, Missy's, I love them so much. Sarah and I, yes. Sarah and I text like every day. She's one of my really good friends. And I was loving Missy's stories um, this morning talking about Ozempic. And she was just like, it's so crazy. She's like, because when I post a salad, everybody's like, good for you. And she was like, but if somebody who, you know, has a different body posts a salad, I'm just like, I don't think she was saying she feels this way. But she's like, you know, the general temperature is just like, whoa, another disordered eating, you know, mm -hmm. skinny girl. And I just felt like that was so powerful right. to acknowledge that like we are bringing what we want to see to almost every situation in life. Right. And another one of my friends, things I bought and liked, was talking. We were we were on a group chat and she was just saying, gosh, who was she quoting? But it was just like, if you've got beef with me, you've got beef with yourself. Like, I just mm. think we all need to get back to this place mm. where we're not looking towards anyone else's choices to validate what we are doing and what our experience right, is. Right, right. I'm going to be honest about all of my experiences, but we all need to acknowledge that if if someone being on Ozempic makes you upset, that is a beef with yourself. For sure. All of these choices that people are making are just opportunities to look inside ourselves and say, why am I having a reaction to that? Right, right. Well, one thing I want to say is, well, okay, actually two things. One, Chris Martin, literally the same week that Gwyneth gave that interview, he gave a podcast interview where he said he eats one meal a day. So no one yes, paid attention to that. yes. Nobody right. Cared. No one cared. No one cares. No one cares. Brian Johnson is a billionaire. He's actually from Utah. Um, and he has this whole, I don't know if you guys have heard about him, but he has this whole protocol to like reverse his age. Like he's spending millions of dollars doing mm. like, he, he literally lives like a lab rat trying to get younger. I feel like um, I have heard of him. Yeah. And so you can look up his protocols. He has tons of interviews. And anyway, he eats 2000 calories a day, even though his body burns 2500. I don't understand how he eats that in perpetuity, given that 
you know, like you would think that you would just completely waste away, but he looks very strong and very healthy. And eating in a calorie deficit is actually a very health promoting way of eating. It is not always a situation where it is disordered or that means you have an eating disorder. Like letting your body do some cellular repair, letting your body actually like not have an abundance of calories at all times is actually health promoting. And I think that there's just a very big distinction between being conscious and getting to where you want to be and being a person who has an eating disorder and fixates on being extremely thin and is actually a person with mental problems. And I think that as adults, we just have to make the distinction. Am I someone who's doing this in a health promoting way or am I someone who I can't even touch this because I have some disordered parts about me? And we all have to be honest with ourselves about that. Where you lie on that. But celebrities telling you what they actually eat when they're super thin, like we can be nothing but I think just like, I mean, the word that's coming to mind is just like appreciative because I don't need to be as thin as Gwyneth Paltrow. Like I don't need to look like that. And I think her saying that she ate like, you know, 2,500 calories a day would be so much more harmful for people to say because it makes you feel like something is wrong with you. It makes you think, like, I eat the same foods as Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, why don't I look like right. her? Like, I know why I don't look like Gwyneth Paltrow because I don't eat bone broth for lunch. Like, she's just being honest. And she gets to make mm-hmm. that call. Totally. We're all adults. If you are old enough to be swiping around on TikTok, like, I hope you are mentally healthy enough to know that some people are drinking more alcohol than you. Some people are eating more calories than you. Yeah. Some people are spending more time on social media than you. And it is up to you to decide where you find yourself to be the healthiest. Right, right. Absolutely. I think, honestly, I think if there's any message from this entire episode, it's that you get to do life how you want to do it. You get to be a mom in the way that you want to be a mom. You know, you get to approach your health and your fitness and your body however you want to. And other people's Mm -hmm. judgments, if you trigger other people because of that, that is just, that is, has everything to do with them, has nothing to do with you. And it's just so important to stand in your knowing and be a self-possessed person who takes command over her life and her destiny. I just think that you can't also too, like I'm a person with like a social media following. You can't expect to like do a lot of things and have people not say anything about it. Like I totally understand like the other side of this is that people are entitled to an opinion about my life. I'm just entitled to not caring about it. Exactly. Exactly. Because it, again, it has actually nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. Okay. So let's finish out with some rapid fire questions. Um, what was your journey growing your brand and Instagram? Um, I'm just not a content creator. Like I was on this Clarence trip and I was like talking to this other girl about like what she did. And she was like talking about she's a content creator. And I think it like drove home to me. Like, I'm just like a person who's like sharing. I'm not Mm. trying to create content. I'm not trying to like showcase my life. Like I'm just going to showcase like the things that feel um, authentic to me. And so I think I just started to share and not necessarily in a way where I was like trying to make something to share, but just sharing what was there. Mm. And I think it like resonated with people like and it's like been like the honor of a lifetime to like, I don't know, to have people like care at all what I think or what I do. Yeah, I just started to just follow my instincts. Mm-hmm. about what I thought people wanted to see and balancing that with what I knew I needed to keep private. How did you become such a strong influencer? 
Do you have any Ooh, tips for people who want to grow there? You definitely are. Um, I think it's like this very weird dichotomy in my brain where I am putting myself out there and then I like almost like close like remember in Titanic when the Titanic was sinking they would like close those like barriers to like let water in like I try very hard to not let what anybody thinks is wrong with me or I never ever read what people write about me like I just the barrier it is not a two-way valve the barrier is closed for me Mm. yeah no it's I mean I think you have some real boundaries um, and I think that promotes a lot of peace for you in your life. Peace and just authenticity. Like I'm not trying to make like this group of people that for sure going to hate me no matter what I do like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just live in a world where I'm not even seeing it. Okay. How tall is everyone? All exactly the same height. Are we all five nine? You're all five nine. Yep. Let's see here. Someone wants to know how to graciously respond to you look amazing you don't even look like you've had a baby you know what I had a friend who sent me like that Bella Hadid post that was like all you know 15 non-appearance compliments and she's like this is so rich coming from someone who's had like so much plastic surgery you know and like literally and like I think we need to acknowledge that people can have like these two sides of themselves like a side of themselves that like you know cares about the way they look and then like a part of them doesn't want to be defined by how they look like we need to be able to acknowledge that yeah for sure. But I think you just smile. You say, thank you. Like, it's been a journey. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Someone wants to know about if you lost weight on Wellbutrin. Um, first time I went on Wellbutrin, I was a little bit less hungry. It kind of had, like, an Adderall effect on me. But I'm on it right now. And I feel like it's not having any appetite suppressant effects anymore. Okay. One thing I want to say is that I think that you sharing about that is really so cool. Like, I think that there's just so many people who wouldn't be comfortable disclosing that. And I just, I don't know, there's a certain ability you have to share things that are really relatable and make people feel less bad about struggling. And I just think it's cool and important. Oh, well, thank you. I just feel like, I think for me, being on Wellbutrin, made me feel so normal mm-hmm. that I wish somebody had acknowledged that like I didn't go on this medication and then feel like self-adjacent I went on this medication and I've been off it and back on it and I it's like returning to myself mm-hmm. yeah in a way that I was mm-hmm. like maybe that would be powerful for people to hear I don't know I just like I hate winter yeah like, I just need so much more sunshine than like my climate allows that like I just need a little help. Mm -hmm. How to prevent stretch marks? Someone wants to know. I definitely believe that that is like mostly genetic. Mm -hmm. When I found out I was pregnant with the twins, I swear on my life, I looked at every single message board about Mm. stretch marks. And the best product that was ever recommended was mother's special blend or like mother's knows best I don't know we can link it in like the show notes or whatever and that's what I ended up using like I'm not kidding you I went down every single rabbit hole I read Mm. every Amazon review like that was something I was like going to do my best even if like my actions were only affecting 10% of the outcome and that oil was the most highly recommended product and I do have stretch marks like I didn't get any on my stomach my skin texture will never be the same. I don't have any like classic stretch marks on my stomach, but like 
my like hips, butt are covered with like those like skinny white stretch marks. They my inner thighs. Like I definitely have stretch marks. They're not visible. I will, I will tell you that much. Um, okay. Is your body better than ever or better pre-baby? Um, I like my body more now. I don't know that it's better. Interesting. I think I started to do Pilates like nine years ago. And I think I liked my body just gradually more and more ever since I've started doing Pilates. Okay. I never really exercised before Pilates. Um, someone wants to know how long it took you to feel like yourself again, body-wise, mentally, kind of that sort of thing after pregnancy. Like how long until you're like feeling hot? Or yeah, feeling like you're like going like to dinner normal. and you're like feeling normal. Like you're feeling like yourself. You feel like you can look excellent. In some ways, you like can do, you can do that like three weeks later. Like you can just like put on clothes and go out and like feel normal. And I think that's really helpful. But I think your body is going to like still be healing a year on. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I think it's just like both. Like I think it's both immediate, like making time to like feel like a normal human and like kind of fake it till you make it opportunities. And then like the full like coming into yourself once you're done breastfeeding, once you are like healed. Yeah, I think that's that's a good realistic number to give people because I think, yeah, I think it's just a journey, as you've said. It's a journey and you shouldn't be not expecting to feel great before you hit that year mark. And you shouldn't be expecting to like everything to be the way it was, mm-hmm. you know, ever again, actually. Court, someone asked, you have talked about your breast augmentation. Yeah. I hate saying the word breast about my <laughs> sister. Um, but they asked, you know, do you recommend or regret doing that before your pregnancy? Like, not to toot my own horn. I'm not. But you guys can maybe back me up on this. Like, I had great boobs before I got pregnant. I mean, you were always so private. So I think I just heard about them. You were never... Uh, I've, like, never, never seen you naked. I, like, really had. Like, I was probably, like, a 32C before I ever even got pregnant. You don't even know you have until it's gone. And then truly within three weeks of quitting nursing James I had nothing like I remember being at Disneyland and like putting my hands up on a ride and like my bra like coming up like feeling my bra come up like up over my nipples and for me it's just I didn't want to wait I knew that like I had friends who had like breastfed while they had implants and I just knew I didn't want to wait yeah it was important to me to feel like that part of me like looked the way it had before I had kids for me it was like such an amazing choice I went to like a great surgeon I who put in like different size implants because I was like a little bit lopsided um I have had like zero breast implant illness um mm-hmm. symptoms yeah okay and and it been great through se- several pregnancies totally I've nursed all my kids post my boob dog yeah. Okay. That's amazing. So, kind of what you're saying is there's not like a wrong time to do it. No, I think a lot of people want to wait. That's totally like, that's a great choice to make also. I just felt so different than how I had felt before. I wasn't like I had like a flat chest and then I went back to having a flat chest. I just had like a lot of loose skin there and I just wanted an mm-hmm. implant to like make it look like it did before. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Did you feel like there was drastic changes to your body after pregnancy number three versus pregnancy number two? This is what someone wanted to know. I kind of thought that it is harder to like lose the weight and like get it all feeling the way I was used to it feeling. I think some of that is just totally 
age related. Like if I had been pregnant at, and, you know, all my pregnancies had taken place a decade earlier, I don't know that I would blame those so much on pregnancy. I think the age in which you deliver and you're, you're making that journey back to yourself matters. I think there's a little bit of like supplemental damage that like continues to happen, but I think age is the more important factor. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay, Courtney, you are a wealth of knowledge. You just Guys, you're I a love star doing and you deserve being such a star, truly. Thank you. you. And yes. I like Thank I you. love it. If you like if I said anything here that like people want like more, you know, like you want more insight on, like I love any like nice messages in my inbox and I try really hard to like respond to everyone who who asks. So if I if anything is confusing or you need more, just reach out to me and or reach out to the pop apologist and have them get with me. Yeah, we can we can have you back anytime. Um, yeah. You're the best. Courtney, where can people find you? <laughs> Just at home with my four kids. <laughs> and with my husband, Wyatt. Uh, okay, have so much fun in New York. Love you so much. Thank you for coming Love on. Love you, Grace. And fly safe, sis. Love you. Okay, bye. 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 That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.